Sheer hard labour had gone into them, but he particularly liked the dried-up stream, so the bridge was pointless too. And his own stream, the great flow of inspiration that had kept the novel afloat for the last eight months, hadn't that about dried up now too? A narrow stream that most of the year was dry. Could that be me? What the hell, it was all like a diary anyway, only masquerading as an adventure. The End He didn't write it down, didn't need to. He knew he was supposed to put it in for the benefit of the typesetters, but he didn't see the necessity. That great sense of an ending, the release, the relief, the closure, that satisfying last expulsion of smoke, it all had to be contained in the rhythm and feel of the last sentence. The end had to be nailed right there. Those concluding lines, like the final notes of a Beethoven symphony, a coda, had to have some kind of dying cadence to them, a falling away, an elegiac cessation that said, I've said everything I needed to say. So you really didn't need to write the end too. It offended his sense of economy. Two words, too many. If it was the right sentence, the sentence would say it for him. He couldn't hit send just yet, though. He would have to wait a couple of days, let it percolate in his head, see what subliminal second thoughts might bubble up. But all the loose ends had been tied up with a bow. Personal, his nineteenth Jack Reacher novel, done. Word count, a hundred and seven thousand, substantially across the crucial one hundred thousand line. That's what it said on the contract. Anything shorter, and it would be too short. Still, a hundred and seven thousand was relatively short for him. The enemy, for example, was a full one forty k. But it was enough. His books had been getting shorter and tighter. He loved the beginning, that gorgeous feeling when nothing has been screwed up yet. Loved the ending, too, that great rush towards the finale when it was all downhill. But the middle, the middle was always a struggle. By around page two, it was like rolling the rock up the hill again, day after day. He'd developed a cunning strategy for personal, though, had pretty much outwitted the middle. He just left it out, fast-forwarded straight from the beginning right through to the end, without a pause, non-stop. Problem solved. Anyway, it had been a blast the whole way. Paris, London, Romford, so fuck it, it would have to do. He wasn't going to change it now. He glanced at the time on the computer screen. 10.26, Tuesday night, April 15th, 2014. Reacher, he considered, would know what time it was automatically, without having to check with a mere machine. But of course he, Lee, was not Reacher. He had to keep reminding himself. There was so much Reacher could do, about the one thing he couldn't do, was write a novel about his own experience which was why Reacher still needed him. He'd written the first line on September the 1st, 2013. It had to be September the 1st, every year, without fail. Now it was over. Lee turned his head away from the screen and looked out of the big window to his left. Tonight the Empire State Building was lit up orange and green, pistachio, like some dumb giant ice cream cone. It didn't used to look that way. Once it had had only clean vapour lights, white or maybe yellow, 
so it was like looking up at heaven. Now, with the coming of LED, it could look like anything anybody wanted. It could be red, white, and blue on July the 4th, for example. But mostly, it looked like a bad 1970s disco light show. It used to be an immense, stately edifice, he thought. Now it's ice cream. Like dressing Jack Reacher up like a disco dancer. It was this view that had convinced him to come and live here on 22nd Street on the 25th floor of a building across from the Flatiron Building. Now, cheapened, stupid, gaudy, the view made it less of a wrench to leave. Farewell, Empire State. I loved you once, or maybe twice. He still remembered that feeling he'd had when he first came here, the romance, With the Empire State framed in the window, it would be like living in the offices of the Daily Planet in Metropolis. Oh, look, isn't that mild-mannered...